Bill, did you get your bonus yet? The following podcast is a Carolina Boys production. Welcome back, everyone, to Crime and Entertainment. I'm your host, Hollywood Wade, along with my co-host, I am Jaeger Yancey Tetter. <laughs> and if it feels like we were just here a few days ago, folks, that's because we were. And what we're giving to you right now is our first bonus episode for Crime and Entertainment. As you heard in the opener, that was Clark Griswold asking Bill if he had got his bonus yet. I don't know about that, but I know that you guys are getting your bonus episode right now. Jaeger, what are we going to talk about today on our bonus episode, our first bonus episode here for Crime and Entertainment? We're going to do a little bit of the old razzle-dazzle in the bonus episode here in Hollywood. We're going to talk entertainment, as in, I don't really know what all the hell we're talking about, actually. <laughs> well, that was a great build-up and a letdown, kind of like my sex <laughs> life, but uh, so, exactly what she tells me. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> What we're going to do, folks, we're going to talk a little bit. The season's about to change. You know, thank goodness we're going to get out some of this hot weather here soon. It is in the month of September, my birthday month, might I add. I just had a birthday pass not too long ago. Oh, happy 62nd birthday there, buddy. Uh, looks good for uh, you. Uh, wait a minute. I'm not quite that old, but I do want to make uh, this is a landmark. Something different happened this year that hasn't happened any other year prior, and that is you bought me a gift. <laughs> That's right. I heard it in your voice, pal. I knew you were like, this guy isn't going to get me a gift, all because that Mustang calendar got lost back in 2001. But finally, it came through with not just a gift for you, but it could be a gift for other people as well. Segway, segway, segway. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're going to get into that, but I want to throw that backstory in here. You know, I've known this man, I think we met what junior high, right? He was trying to bum golden eye off me for the Nintendo 64 borrowed over a weekend. So we've known yeah, each other for sale. quite a while. First sale job. Like wait, all these people get your games and stuff. They tear it up. I'm not going to do that. You're going to get it back in pristine condition. Just like when I got it from you. <laughs> that is absolutely what you said and you know through all out all those times i've had some birthdays come and go and this man told me one year he said wait i got this mustang calendar coming for you here this is nice because back in the day i was a mustang fan i had one in high school and i was like all right well long story short i'm still waiting on that thing i'm sure it's gonna come it's probably got lost in the mail it's between the seats just like what happened to clark's uh bonus check there it fell between the seats and the guy didn't see like the shipping boys and gals i don't want to put nothing on them i'm sure they're very fine people however that cow there whoo i, I should have got a tracking number i accept full responsibility uh, oh, that must be a calendar from 20 years ago. Those brand new cars back then will be vintage now. You can probably get top dollar for that calendar if it ever comes my way. <laughs> Completely unopened like a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> but what he did get me this year, folks, and it might be interested, if any of you were looking to support this podcast or even just flaunt the fact that you know Jaeger or myself and you're a fan of the podcast, he got me my very own 
Crime and Entertainment Podcast t-shirt. And you can Whoa. also get your very own Crime and Entertainment Podcast t-shirt. Yeager, tell them where they can go to get all that. It's very, very simple. If you're listening to the Crime and Entertainment Podcast, you will simply type in crimeandentertainment.com. And that's going to take you right to the website where we got three options available for you. White, black, and a heather gray. Now, these are going to come and maybe remind you of something here. What's the thing is HBO Lackey tries to think about uh, the chain gang. None of that is necessary to get these shirts. You don't have to get a rap sheet for them. <laughs> Even though they're white and black, you can just go ahead onto the site, order, and the order will be fulfilled through Amazon. So it comes straight to you and your doorstep. And we really, really appreciate it. It helps the show out. Absolutely. Anything to keep the lights on here, keep the beer stock uh, in the fridge for us, you know, to pump out these episodes. And again, what we were going to tell you folks, we're doing this little bonus episode. We had some extra time on the cycle this month to throw an episode out of there. And I said, well, we hadn't really done one yet. And due to the fact the seasons are starting to change, like we talked about, we were just going to dab over some horror movies because as we know, when October closes in, that's when all the horror movies start to play on TV. And I am a huge horror movie fan, uh, as Jaeger is as well. I guess mm-hmm. starting off with this podcast, we're going to touch on a few that really gave us, I guess, that uncomfortable feeling. We'll go off some that made us scared, some that maybe just, I don't know, made us have to go take a walk, like Robert England, who played <laughs> Freddy Krueger, said when he watched the movie Hellraiser. I guess to start this off, Jaeger, what would you consider the scariest movie that you've ever seen? Oh my gosh. Okay, okay. I always like these questions, but I always have to put parameters on them. Okay. So what do I think still the scariest now or what scared the bejesus out of me growing up? There's two movies which became my favorite movies. And you already know what I'm gonna say. Original Texas Chainsaw Massacre because everybody said it was based on a true story mm-hmm. in the Evil Dead film. Those were the ones that I wouldn't watch alone. Also, the Exorcist was in there, too. But now, in my older age, Exorcist still is a bit on the unsettling side. And that's a mainstream horror movie. You thought I was going to go to some indie and out the way, pal? Not just yet. The Exorcist is still not one I put on to fall asleep to. <laughs> that's definitely not one to put on at nighttime. Now, I've got a little bit of a confession to make. I don't think I'd ever sit down and watch that front to back. Until about six months ago, and good Lord, I felt like I needed to run to church and you know throw up a couple of Hail Marys and just and just maybe go have a wash and a shower or something. I mean that that thing is still pretty rough. Now I still haven't watched two and three. I don't understand they weren't you know nowhere compared to the originals, but that first one is quite creepy. Quite creepy. Luke three has a hallway scene that people still rave about. Yes, that was really highlighted that movie which I don't want to spoil, but apparently three has some redeeming qualities to it. Now, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, definitely one of my personal favorites. Um, There's actually not a lot of time with Leatherface on the screen, though, and a lot of the kills, if you're looking for it, as a viewer of movies, sometimes you don't realize exactly what you're not seeing. And mm-hmm, for someone mm-hmm. to kill people with a chainsaw, you just got to think, wow, that's gruesome. You really don't see a lot of that in the movie. It's all in the mind of the viewer. Just like when he throws them on the hook, you know, you think, oh, I just threw on the hook. Well, you're seeing her face. You're not actually seeing the hook go in her. It's, your mind is doing 
a lot of the work, so to speak. So that, that one, raw documentary style, yes, uh, you know, it doesn't look like an actual movie. It looks like a documentary. And you know, Toby, uh, we love talking about. He thought it was going to get a PG rating. He really misread the room on that one. He definitely <laughs> did. And I think I, I don't know if we talked about this in our Poltergeist episode or not. But when he came up for the idea from that movie, I think he said he was in like a Sears or something like that. And there was just crowds of people everywhere. And he had something he had to go do. And he was just like, I bet if I just cranked up this fucking chainsaw right here, people would just haul ass and get out of my way. And that was kind of the birth of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And like you said, it's based on a true story. But a lot of that is based around the guy, Ed Gein, who I think Mm -hmm. they call the Butcher of Plainfield. A lot of books, movies are based on him. Silence of the Lambs is also loosely based on Ed Gein as well. Yeah, Ed Gein inspired a lot of work of fiction from all the things that he did. Another side note, I don't know if you remember this from some documentaries, but the mob actually owned the rights to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre for a little while back in 74. I, I don't know if they had a good entertainment lawyer because that managed to get rustled away. From the mob, but the mob, yes. yeah. I do remember that <laughs> they they fronted up a heavy dose of money or something like that, and they get yeah. they got a lot of the profits from that. I don't really know if any of them boys got paid for all that. I'm sure Toby got his name out there for sure. I don't know if any of them boys got really paid. Probably what that movie made over the long no, period of time. It's impossible to really know how much that movie might have made. So they were like real Hollywood in that way, where they were hiding all the grosses. <laughs> all the payments that was coming in. Uh, I think 20th Century Fox claimed Star Wars never made a dollar for him. It was in the uh, red, never in the black. You know, you shift those books and numbers around. Yeah. JD Individuals in the entertainment industry. Absolutely. the moral of the story. <laughs> See, anyone that knows me personally knows that I have a huge, extensive DVD collection. And I think Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which are your two scariest movies from what you just told me, I probably have the most versions of those two movies out of any other movie. There's probably like, I think I counted one time. It was like five different versions of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I had. There was uncut, remastered, original, reboot, 40th anniversary. I mean, just re-release after re-release. Same thing with Evil Dead 2. Uh, There was a bunch of Mm -hmm. re-releases for that one, too. But yeah. I think Evil Dead 2 is my favorite out of the entire franchise, that balance of horror and comedy. Unfortunately, I might have just gave everybody my secret password or security question answers for uh, logging into any accounts I might have. Uh-oh. Probably shouldn't have revealed that these are my favorite, too. Yeah. Better go change that. <laughs> now, from my side of the fence over here, I might got one that might surprise some people. But when I was coming up, a movie that scared the hell out of me. And still does. I still, if it's on now, I'm still hesitant if I want to watch it. It's like a part of me wants to say, "Are you still a bitch? Watch this thing." And a part of me is like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm still that bitch. I'm going to turn the channel." It's Pet Cemetery. Oh, the original Pet Cemetery. It, yes, the original. Uh, the the new one. I seen the new one, and it didn't do it for me uh, like the old one did. But part one really got me and it was a couple of characters and i don't know if you remember but there was the kid that was following the doctor around who had got hit by a bus and like half right. his fucking heads hanging off his name in the movie was pascal he was the comic relief <laughs> i don't know about comic yeah. relief i didn't find anything funny about it but uh <laughs> i mean maybe now maybe but back then i didn't find anything funny about it and the sister 
that the doc's wife kept referring back to who had spinal meningitis, who has had her head twisted around and just look nasty right. as hell. Creepy. That was actually a guy. Sound effect. Yeah. That was yeah. actually a guy played that role. I didn't and find that. Let's not forget. You must've also feared the little kid who they couldn't do much with. The filmmakers, the new ones, and that's why they aged the kid up. And the girl took over in the remake because in the original, it was just a kid who was basically like a doll baby they threw around or an actual doll baby, not actually him. <laughs> yeah, you know, a small baby dubby did a lot of the throwing on on people in there. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that you was know, Miko the- Hughes, who's been in quite a few films, horror films. He, I think he was in New Nightmares also. I think oh, I'm, I'm God, pretty sure that please, was Miko Hughes. Uh, big fan of New Nightmare. Yeah. But yeah, meta I mean, before meta. that one really got me, man. I remember used to trying to go to sleep while it was still daylight outside and just praying. I wouldn't wake up and seeing that ugly looking guy standing next to my bed. And it would probably <laughs> happen just like what it did to the doc. I think that time when he was right in front of me, fell out of the bed and hit his head on the dresser right beside it. And I was like, Ooh, that had to hurt. But yeah, that movie got I, me I remember man, that, yeah. for, for a good minute. And just the characters, you had Judd, who was famous for playing Herman Munster and the Monsters. Um, right, he was in right. there. Now, John Lithgow, of course, played him in the remake. Now, that was a good choice for John Lithgow to play him. John Lithgow always plays a good, creepy guy. He can also Lith- do funny, Lithgow's too. But he's a great, creepy guy. Lithgow has got that uh, thing about him where he can do a comedy and you can buy him as a menacing character. That's gal's a treasure. Absolutely. Just, uh, That's not an easy thing to do. That's not easy to go from one of those extremes to the next. And like you said, he can do it pretty much at ease or at will, so to speak. Makes it look easy. At least. Yeah. I mean, Joe Pesci. Yeah. Joe Pesci comes to mind back when he was acting all heavy back yeah. in the day. Yeah. I mean, when you go from <laughs> Goodfellas, Tommy D. Simone and Casino with Nikki Santoro and then over as one of the wet bandits and home alone. I mean, that's just, that's, that's not an easy thing to pull off and be good at it. My cousin Vinny, of course, yeah. you know, just great roles from Joe top to bottom, but sticking yeah. with the horror genre here. Now, one of the ones that kind of got me of the more recent films and I say recent is probably, I don't know, maybe in the last five or six years and it spawned off a couple of sequels, but the original, uh, not con what was the one not conjuring, but the one that had like the red face demon in it. They didn't got like four sinister. or five. Sinister. Was it Sinister? Or am I, I'm missing that out with another movie, perhaps. No, oh, sinister, I know they had two parts. That's what they were looking at the videotapes that they found. That one was scary, okay. too, though. Okay, okay. Insidious. Insidious. That's what it is. Insidious. Yes. The first Insidious, that jugger had me not even wanting to get up off the couch and turn the damn lights on. And I remember I was a little disappointed with it. I didn't think it was that awesome. I heard so many good things about that first Insidious. I think I saw two and three as well and have forgotten a great deal of them. <laughs> yeah, I seen part three. I remember going, this is back when Movie Pass was a thing, which was a few years ago, around 2017 mark. And Insidious 3 was in theaters, and I went to see it at like 1030, but it was on an oddball night. It was like a Tuesday night, and there wasn't a soul in that damn theater. And I think just for the simple fact that I was in there by myself probably scared me more than the movie did because the movie wasn't really hitting on much. But just the fact that I was in there by my damn self was a little little bit of a creep factor to it, for sure. That happened to me twice going to see a horror movie 
and well, no, there's one other guy in for uh, uh what was it? Following the uh, the sex related movie. Oh, TV. it follows. It follows. It follows that one guy in there, in X Machina, which isn't really a horror movie. I think I was the only one in watching that, as well as uh, Annihilation, and both of those came from uh, the same director. So we're going off of uh, what I thought about earlier, unless I would have more names for listeners. <laughs> but yeah, sitting in a the movie theater alone is just inherently unsettling. It is. It is very unsettling. And It Follows, I thought, was a really good movie. Good premise. Uh, maybe not the best thing for your teenagers to watch these day and time, but uh, definitely a good movie. Is. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah, just those... those I don't know what whatever you want to call them zombies or whatever that kept coming forward. That was pretty creepy. Yeah, how they just would show up. <laughs> yeah, and there. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the exorcism of Emily Rose? I remember parts of it. I remember I rented that one back in the raining days. I think is when I watched that. It's yeah. been a good minute. Now I went back and gave that another look not too long ago. And that thing actually still does hold up. Now the woman that plays Emily Rose is actually Jennifer Carpenter. who You'll probably remember as Dexter's sister from the Dexter series. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought she'd done pretty good. And obviously I didn't know her, you know, I don't think she had done that role then she was pretty young in her career, but there's that one scene where the guy that's sleeping in her bedroom or dorm or wherever they are, he wakes up in the middle of the night and she's like on the floor by the door, twisted up like a fucking pretzel, just all contorted, just creepy as shit. Got right. this really I weird look that. on her yeah, face. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and Jennifer Carpenter was in a remake of a Spanish movie called Quarantine, yes. which I, after thinking about, has one of my favorite horror movies that made me jump in broad daylight. And I was watching that movie in 2008 eight or nine. I think I saw the Spanish version before the American version. Both were actually pretty good. The American one really is not that horrible. Uh, but the Spanish one got four jumps out of me at 12 p.m. in daylight. So <laughs> I really enjoyed that movie in the sequel to the quarantine. It eventually went off the rails as a franchise like horror tends to do from time to time. But uh, I do like that movie. Yeah, kind of like the wrong turn movies. I think they're on like wrong turn 59 here. I mean, how many wrong turns does somebody make for fuck's sake? You, you four, sir, four turns, you're in a circle, man. <laughs> Starting back over. I think the last one was a whole complete remake from the get-go, but uh, the first one was great. I think I, I, me and you, I think, went and seen the first one back in the old Swamp Fox Theaters in Florence. The first one was really good. Yeah, wait, was that? Australian or something? We're in some international cinema right here. I don't know if that one was an American movie. I don't think was it. What wrong, wrong turn? turn? I think so. Yeah. I think that was an American okay. movie. I don't think they okay. had. A, I don't okay. think they had a remake off that one. That had the. Uh, I always had trouble pronouncing her last name, but that was Eliza Duskuyu or uh, I don't know how to fuck say yeah, her last yeah. name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I know who you're talking about. Hopefully, our listeners know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now. So, I like okay. you. We like to go through some of the old school horror movies too. Now, I remember a long time ago. Now, if our listeners from Darlington might get this, which is where we grew up, going downtown, you have your subway where I ate at a lot in my day growing up. But right, before right. that was a subway, it was a VCR t- or a tape place where you could go and rent videotapes. 
and it was called Leisure Time Movie Land. Now I the, don't remember that. Yeah, it was. Wow, it was there. Okay. It was a it was a concept, not Finkley's, but it was uh, Leisure Time Movie Land. And now the way they worked was they had the box on the shelf, and then they had mm-hmm. this little paper tag hanging in front of it. So if the paper tag was there, then they had a VCR tape of that particular copy or film uh, behind the counter that you could get. If the paper tags were gone, then that signified that the movie was out of stock or rented out. So oh, wow. I would go in there with my dad and we'd go around. So I would go to, you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and try to see what all they had there. And dad, would, of course, go pick up some from the horror section. And I remember <laughs> he picked up a film one day called I Spit on Your Grave. Mm-hmm, 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 now, mm-hmm. I was damn sure probably not age appropriate to be watching that film. But good old dad, Wormy. Wormy Williamson. I'm trying to get him to sit in on the podcast one day. <laughs> Wormy put that in a VCR and good got till mighty. I don't know if any of our listeners have ever seen that, but the gist of this movie folks is this woman rents his cabin out in the middle of nowhere to write a book. Now she spotted going up there by some people at a gas station, uh, where she stops to get her car serviced and a group of guys basically go up there. They assault her, they rape her. They pretty much put her through hell and they thought they killed her. Well, come to find out she obviously did not die and she exacts revenge on every single man that was involved in there. And I'm talking about some brutal, brutal stuff. Now, this movie, mm-hmm. I believe is from what was the name? Mir Zachariah. I think it was the director's name. I want to mm-hmm. say this was one of the movies that was actually banned in a few places. Like it didn't even come out in certain areas. Yes. Yeah. And you can see why. And I, too, air quotes, saw this at a young age. But I was so young, I do recall, because I grew up in a horror household. I probably think I fell asleep watching this movie at a young age because it was past my bedtime. But, of course, my parents kept watching it because, you know, if you pay for that rental for a buck or so, you got to get your money's worth out of it. Absolutely. So I was aware of this movie. <laughs> and it kind of watched it. But, really, I was so young. I probably was not terribly into it. It was out cold. I do recall uh, renting I Spit on Your Grave because that was a hell of a title that you could remember. And that shows the power of a good title and a cover and box art and posters artwork to, get your, to catch your attention. Because this box art, I remember like it was yesterday looking at you basically seen the woman. I think she was in somewhat of like a bathing suit, but it was half torn off. You could see she was like bloody and beat up. And then she has a knife in her hand. And it was, I spit on your grave. And in the trailers, it was, I spit on your grave. It was a very well done trailer. And I mean, it's, <laughs> it's actually spawned off a lot of sequels. Now it took a while to get those. They had a remake and then they had like two or three sequels from that remake. And they actually recently just had one that continued the story with the girl from the original movie. I don't know. Did you see that one? Yeah. I saw the trailer for it, and I never watched it. I saw a part of the remake. Or maybe I did watch the entire remake that they did originally, and I didn't think it was too terrible, actually. No, the, the, remake, right. the remake was good. Uh, they had some good kills in there. The remake was very good. I enjoyed the remake. Now, I think they had two sequels from the remake that, well, mm-hmm. they're you know not the greatest things in the world. It's kind of basically just the saw movies you know how many ways can you kill a bunch of people like that but the last one that they did picked up and i thought it was interesting the way they did it they picked up with the girl from the original i spit on your grave and her daughter 
and it was some people kin to the woman, all the men that the girl killed in the very first one. That was kind of how they tied that film together. Now, I haven't watched, and I actually hadn't had the time to sit down and watch it, but I do think that they tied that story in quite well. And I think, I don't know if Mir Zachariah may have had something to do with that one or not, but uh, yeah, if you get a chance, maybe take a look at that and see what you think. But I remember buying this movie on DVD. Now, this is at the time when DVDs were a fresh thing. You know, DVDs were not cheap, especially when they first come out. And it was, what was that place in Florence that used to have all the oddball DVDs and CDs and stuff like that? One of the places in the mall, Disc Jockey. No, no, it wasn't Disc Jockey. It was over there by itself, like uh, across from the mall in the Target area over there. It was like what Max uh, Electric or like Avenue that. and more was there. No, it wasn't. Ele- it wasn't in that, that particular uh, store. <laughs> it was over there to the side. I want to say like Max's used CDs and tapes or something like that. It was one of those. South familiar. I'm about to give you all the real estate in Florence. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those off the wall stores. It wasn't a chain. You could just tell somebody that probably done a lot of pot and had some extra money left over put that store together and uh it was a really cool store you got a lot of stuff that you're not going to find at your typical chain stores and i remember they had that movie in there and i paid 50 dollars for that dvd back for i spit on your grave yes for the i spit on your grave dvd i still have it oh wow yeah it was the original first ever print to dvd and i paid 50 bucks for it so I'm wondering, was it imported or? Uh, I think back then it might have been because I don't think that was even released in anywhere around. I, I you still have trouble running across that first one, even now. Yeah, yeah, things just go out of print, and the streaming services don't pick them up. I do recommend Shutter. Shutter can track down some old stuff, and that is probably one of my favorite, favorite, favorite streaming services. Actually, is Shutter. I went and gave that thing a terror for the month trial I had. I think I went through everything I wanted to uh, watch. And I don't ever watch the streaming service as much as I watched it last year. And I know if I get it back, and I think eventually when I get it back, I'm going to have a good time with it too. And some of the hard to find stuff that they find from all over the world. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good. And especially with the, like I said, the time of the month rolling around here in October, who doesn't like to be scared. I'm excited for the new Halloween movie that's coming out. Have you seen the trailer for that yet? Absolutely. And I just got to point out shot in Charleston, South Carolina. Or Absolutely. My backyard. You, re- you really can't tell. <laughs> but we assure ourselves that that edge, that building is right down the street from us. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is. Now, Danny McBride, <laughs> who had something to do with this here, he's actually shot quite a few things down here. I think he does something with the Righteous Gemstone show. They shoot that out. Yeah, it's a little Hollywood right now. <laughs> yeah. Now, Danny's down there. Oh, sorry. I was going to say Bill Murray comes through frequently and Dave Chappelle as well. Absolutely. And Hollywood yeah. Wade's here too, you know, so I mean. So. And why do they call you Hollywood? Obviously, it's because you're in Charleston. <laughs> that well, sense to me. You know, funny story about that. And I told it, I can't remember if it was Red Wilmette or not, but since we're on the subject of movies, how did I get this name Hollywood Wade? I get asked that quite a bit. Now, back in the day, when you had your video stores, we had one locally in our hometown, but it didn't quite get all the good stuff that some of the other ones had, like your bigger change, like your blockbusters and things like that. So we would have to go over to Florence, South Carolina. 
And you had a blockbuster there, which is obviously where everybody went. Well, not long after that, we had Hollywood Video opened up literally across the street almost. Uh, you remember Hollywood Video? No. It was probably one of my favorite ones to go in. Above faintly, yeah, Hollywood. I love Hollywood. Now, we were getting together a group of us, and you may have even been involved in that group. Hell, you may have even been the one who said it. I'm not sure because I've drank a lot of beer since then. But we were sitting there planning our weekend on what we were going to do. And someone said, hey, let's get out together. We'll go to Hollywood Video and rent some movies. Well, everybody knew that back in the day, I used to have a way of getting movies. Now, my pop knew people who knew people. And we may or may not have things that could have gotten movies, you know, without having to pay for them. You know, we'll just leave it at that without going into detail. I'm sure statute of limitations have passed, so nobody's going to get in trouble for that. But the friend of mine looked at me and said, we don't need to go to Hollywood video. We got Hollywood Wade right here. And I liked it. I liked the way it sounded. It kind of rolled off the tongue nice. So that was it. It stuck right there, Hollywood Wade. And I've been carrying that moniker ever since. <laughs> well, Hollywood, I say a lot of things. But if it's positive, I'll take credit for it. All right, well, I'll let you have it. But yes, I, I actually put in to be in the first Halloween movie that they had down here. I sent in the, uh, the headshots and everything, and they actually wanted me to come in. It wasn't for a role. It was just for like a party scene that they were having of people walking around in a yard. So, I mean, it's not like I was going to have a close up or anything, but I went up not being able to get off work to get to it. I think the pay might've been like 20 bucks or something like that. It wasn't a lot. And I seen the scene that I think they wanted me for. It was at a party where you just see a bunch of people just basically standing around in the background, no speaking part or anything like that. Cause when you actually have words, that's when it kind of takes it to another level and you got to get paid more and stuff like that. You kind of kick up tears, so to speak. But, uh, uh-huh. so have you ever actually been in anything? Yeah. Have you been in any films or anything like that? Backgrounds? No, nope. I didn't live vicariously through other people or a good friend growing up. Matthew was an extra in the background of maybe like a, Yes, the I episode or one of those procedural shows a few years ago, and I think he got maybe uh, fifty bucks, sixty bucks for eight or ten hour day or something like that, right there for hanging out with a clipboard, pretending to talk in the background of a scene. So <laughs> yeah. I haven't been close to that at all. Yeah, one of my sisters actually had a little spot on. I think it was a Dawson's Creek episode where they were at like this kind of fancy formal house party. And her and her boyfriend at the time. Oh, you remember David, right? Oh, tall David. Can't even remember yeah. his last name. But uh, yeah. yeah, they were together and as a couple in like this little formal, formal, I guess, get together, wedding reception type thing. And uh, I don't know. I don't remember what they got paid, but they were actually in there. We recorded the episode. Mama kept it for a long time. I'm sure she probably still got it somewhere. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, I'd be remiss if I don't mention our homemade films that we did and no i'm not talking about the porn business we've got our short films that we put together in the backyard you had me worried there for a minute i was about to call my lawyer (laughs) we're all of age everything but we had our turn doing some things that i'm told i should probably write and direct something else but that's later on down the road now, you and I actually had a horror movie script wrote out. I wrote it out, typed it out, however you want to put it. I won't get into yep. exactly what happened to it, but uh, it disappeared. But you uh-huh. and I actually worked for a radio station in our local town, uh, WJMX. Uh, is it still that now? Hell, I don't know. I don't live there anymore. Yeah, it's still there. 
Okay, so it was a couple of different stations all under one conglomerate. And we came up with the idea of how these radio stations would have these call-in contests. We were going to name it Caller 13. But, of course, the caller who calls in is actually trying to kill the DJ, and he winds up chasing him around the radio station and killing him. We were actually going to try to put that together, but, uh, you know, lawsuits and things like that and uh, formalities kept that from happening. But I still think it would have been a great idea. That still sounds like a really fun idea. I, I got to shoot the scene on radio, which is more of a comedy up there in that radio station. And I do believe I would have got a kick out of doing that. But that just goes to show that when you write things on a napkin, somebody might just use that napkin and wipe their mouth and flush it down the toilet or something like that. So Absolutely. And use an external hard drive. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you right now, I mean, I worked at that radio station, as did you, for a many a year. And there was nothing more creepier than being the only person, at least that you knew of, was in that building and closing down like a race that would run late on a Saturday night. I remember one time I was in there in this race. It was caution after caution after caution, and I'm ready to get out. I got people to go see. I got clubs to go hit. I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm just ready to turn around as fast as you can, just waiting for them to say their words. We're off. MRN radio. I hit the button, slam it down, throw it back in auto, and I wheel around, and that security guard that was there was standing right behind me. Now, folks, to get a glimpse of this, you got a picture of maybe somebody that looked like they had died five years before and they were just still walking around. This guy was probably six foot five. He was 70, but he looked 140. He was one creepy bastard. And I mean, I'm not, I, and I don't try to talk about nobody. God dang, that was a scary looking dude, man. And when I wheeled around. Lay down, you're dead. <laughs> when I wheeled that chair around, I mean, we're almost nose to nose, and I let out a fucking scream, and I'm sure probably cracked two or three pieces of glass in that BTC building. I mean, he scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm laughing because you got to understand, this BTC building was no small building. <laughs> no. I mean, you step out in this hallway, you're literally looking for a good, what, 100 yards, maybe more? Totally. Oh yeah. I mean, you got a hundred yards of hallway there. So if you just think you see something at the other end, I mean, that can creep somebody out. Now it wasn't a tall building. I think it only had what four floors Four stories. It wasn't tall. You could maybe throw a a football up to the third floor. (laughs) But some could maybe hit the top. So not tall, but yeah, it was really big. The conference wise rounded, very empty at nighttime and that security guard I remember is one of those guys who walked past the cemetery and workers come out with shovels to try to bring him back in they think he escaped <laughs> he was that type of individual it was like a walking cgi right. effect. Like Stu hart walking around <laughs> or something he always is you ever pass those old guys that just make a lot of noises when they just walk just like, uh, 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 I mean, it sounds like a fucking zombie trying to chase you down in The Walking Dead or something now. This is long before The Walking Dead, but I was dealing with it back then. At 21, 22, I was a security guard. I was making those sounds, too. It comes with the job. And I also read comic books on the job, too, because I was just a walking stereotype. Uh, it's just because you went in there hungover, <laughs> and you're just trying to figure out what door you're supposed to go in and try to take a nap. Yeah, people used to walk through the parking lot, and I'd be like, eh, let them keep going. They ain't touched nothing. Down security guard I was, folks. They gave me a flashlight and a raincoat, told me to patrol the place. I was like, "When's payday again?" Yeah, so that it. career didn't work out. 
<laughs> having to come in there those early times really get me. I remember I used to have to come in there on Sundays and run the church service sometimes. And, you know, I went ahead and had to uh, ask for forgiveness from the Lord and from the boss on the way over there. Cause I was usually always late. <laughs> we used to have these 6 a.m. things to do, and that would mean you would have to rise and shine 5.30, 5 o'clock. Many a night, I would get two hours of sleep and try to roll in there. I remember my buddy had a birthday party on a Thursday night. I was like, please, man, just move it to Friday night, because I got to work Friday morning at 6 o'clock. They wouldn't do it. I laid down, closed my eyes. It was time to get up in about 90 minutes. <laughs> uh, I remember so one night time. leaving. I had to be there, like you said, at like 6. And we was at a club. I don't think the club closed, but it was supposed to close at two. It didn't wind up closing to three. I just said, hell with it. I was going to come on to the radio station. And we actually had a couch up there in the lobby that people would sit on yeah. if they come to pick up stuff or whatever. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to sleep on the couch. So I go up there again, again, going in three in the morning, you know, trying to make my way up there. I go to get on the damn couch and there's already a guy asleep on the couch. I'm not even going to say his name. It wasn't you, but I think that man might still be employed there. So I'm not going to say his name, but he scared the hell out of me. Cause I went to lay down and he's like, huh? I was like, Jesus, what are you doing there? So probably the same thing. You are. I got to be up in a couple hours. So I had to go back downstairs and just sleep in the car. Uh, Yes, that cat's got a lot of ass. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to know probably what some of the things that went on on that couch when I wasn't there. I don't know. It was a couch where people could come in and pick up tickets or whatever they want. So it actually did have a lot of ass right off the street, probably sitting on it from time to time. But when you're sleepy and having a good night, you go where you go and you lay down. And that was one of the first couches I slept on as well <laughs> from a night of boozing around the station. However, Enough about our horror stories in real life. Uh, you kind of wrap this up about some movies here. Yeah. There's something I wanted to bring up. Movies that, how did we phrase this, were just kind of disgusting or that we really might not even like on a real visceral level, not even a filmmaking level. And mine would be, if I could say it right, Mortars from 2008, which I just don't feel has any redeeming quality whatsoever. And the director, it's a, well, I believe it was a French movie, the director. Yes. himself even almost apologizes to society for making a movie that is just so it reveled and reveled not the word just so unredeeming yeah that, that <laughs> might be now, i have never actually sat down and watched that movie but i've heard a ton about it i think it has an american remake which is almost right. equally as horrible but if you're gonna I'll watch, watch one i'd probably watch the original I would I would say to watch from a uh, purist of horror filmmaking kind of standpoint, like yeah, this this, this isn't a landmark in horror. And understand, there's a difference between what I'm saying as a bad movie, like your straight to videos, which I don't want to not straight to videos. This has been a good one for those. It's not that kind of bad. I think it is just bad from as a responsible adult. Is this what you wanted to put out into the world? It's <laughs> kind of bad. And I'm clutching my pearls over here, all, all the horror movies I watch and love. And it's just, you want your protagonist to not, maybe not win in the end, but it's, you don't want to see 40 minutes of just horribleness just keep going, going, and going. It's almost as if you guys didn't have anything else to say story-wise, but you're like, we'll stretch this out and get to an hour and 30. <laughs> it's that kind of thing 
So, you know, watch it out of curiosity. Jaeger's not recommended it. It's one he absolutely hates. There are two movies I watched last year I would recommend. But how about you, Eddie? You got anything that's just so unredeeming? Is that even a word? I, I might I might have one here. Now, I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with the uh company that sells the sex toys, Adam and Eve? Absolutely. I'm right there on the mailing list right now. All right. Well that exactly <laughs> I mean you're probably wondering how the hell am I going into a movie I don't want to watch by talking about Adam and Eve. Well, I'm on the mailing list as well. So when you get when you open up that catalog and you flip to the back, they're gonna show you some movies that has some nudity and some, you know, graphic scenes or whatever. So I'm looking through mm-hmm. thinking, yep, yep, seen that one. Yep, yep, got that one on DVD, got that one on the hard drive. And I run across one called Irreversible. Now, it stars Monica Belushi and a few other people that I didn't really know. I do think the guy, one of the guys in there has been in a few other things since then. Uh, now, this film is called Irreversible. Like I said, it's kind of like the film Memento. Uh in that aspect, but like it opens up with this guy walking through a club and he finds this individual and he beats him in the head with a fire extinguisher to the point where the guy's head is flat. I think you see his chin and then everything else is flat. So that's how this wow. movie opens up. So you're thinking, Jesus Christ. I mean, like what is going on? And then as it plays, you find out why he did that. Now, the reason why he did that was that guy, the one that done the beating, I guess he tracked the guy down. He actually raped his girlfriend. Now, the scene where they raped the girlfriend, I want to say it said it was the world's longest rape scene. This thing went on for like 15 minutes. I mean, it was brutal. Like, hands down, the worst thing I've ever seen on cinema. Like, it's one of those things where you... Orders in that area, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like... You feel like you're doing something wrong by watching it, but in the same token, you can't really turn away because you're just wanting to see how far is this guy going to go. Like, you know, I know this film had to seem uncomfortable for the people doing it and, and acting in it, but I mean, it was it was I, awful. Man, and yeah. so once that happens, you, you kind of feel glad or not glad, but you kind of feel like, oh well, he deserved getting the LB out in with that fire extinguisher. But that was a really rough one, <laughs> and for a period of time, this movie was on Netflix. Because I actually searched it oh, wow. and found it on Netflix. Yeah, I don't know. Once it got some popularity behind it, I think it got taken off when Netflix started getting some dollars in its pocket. Uh, they got taken off real quick, but it's still out there. You can still find it, but one hell, hell of a brutal movie for sure. You know, that's the joke that with full HBO back in the day. They used to have the sleaziest shit on, but they got classy and started to win at Emmy. And, and HBO's like, we don't do that anymore. We put that on Cinemax, and I yeah. think even Cinemax is classy it up now. <laughs> There's no Red Shoe Diaries, I don't think. I haven't checked ah. out Cinemax in a long time. What was the other one, Emmanuel? <laughs> Emmanuel. Uh, she on late nights. <laughs> she went to space. She was all over the place banging. Emmanuel was getting it in. <laughs> Emmanuel was in what, Bangkok. Anthology? Like it wasn't the same people, was it? I, I read you diaries. Was no, well, well, I mean, I'm not going to say I watched it, but the ones that I did watch, which were most every one of them, I don't think it was the same yeah. people. No, no, I don't think it was the same people. <laughs> I was watching through that scrambled signal back in the day before cable boxes. Now, what was it? The other the one, uh, Marilyn Chambers used to have a bunch of them that would come on there. If you just get it, that scene to last one time and you get one straight photo, you can see a corner. Of maybe a side of a side, and that's all you needed back in the day. 
kids don't know how rough we had it. I ain't lying. Back in, the, yeah, back in my day, <laughs> the porn costs money and the water was free. Now it's completely different. Now the water costs $4 a bottle and you can find porn on about any damn thing you turn on now. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, to TikTok, TikTok, whatever it is. I mean, it's just yeah, my computer. completely different. I, I remember <laughs> Apple logo. back when the internet was really a big thing was AOL. I went with a uh, friend of mine. He's actually, he's passed away. Uh, rest in peace to our good friend, John Allen Parker. I don't know if you remember him, but, uh, mm-hmm. we went down to my cousin's house in Charlotte and they were pretty wealthy. So they had like this new computer and AOL and all that. So we're like, Oh, let's get on here. So I pulled on a site that a friend of mine had told me about where it had basically pictures of celebrities that were supposed to be nude or whatever. And obviously it was just a whole computer photo log photoshopped thing, but it was something to see back in those days. That was kind of cutting edge. And evidently whatever we did to pull those up, got a whole bunch of viruses on that computer. And that uh, host (laughs) of the house was pretty pissed whenever she got back. And I guess I didn't even know history was such a thing. So I didn't know to go and delete it. So basically she's seen about three days worth of uh, people just pulling up uh, naked celebrities and stuff like that. So you now the things we do in our youth, huh? You get all the information in the world and the internet and you just look at nudity. I remember we had, they didn't have the, uh, the loud dial up tone. Yeah. <laughs> we have those at the, at the radio station for a minute. They had a really loud tone, which was front and center. This is how weird times changed. In 2000, there was one computer connected to the internet. And about 20 years later, every computer in there has got internet. You got internet on your phone, quite literally. Just to think about how times had changed in that time of being around that place and the, the whole world wide web. But I got to point out Shutter again. I didn't know I was turning into a Shutter plug tonight. I think I watched Dogtooth on there in the last year. And I always heard about this movie. This is one I also don't recommend. But <laughs> bear with me here. It is part. Have you heard of Dogtooth? It is a Greek movie. I have not heard of Dogtooth. Okay, so it is somewhat comedic, somewhat horror, somewhat uh, observationist. I guess political commentary. It is all these things. It is both ridiculous. It is also somewhat sexy. And for an hour and a half. I, I recommend only those who like extreme cinema, but it's not like the borders extreme cinema. There is clearly more talent on display from story to point is making <laughs> with Dog Tooth. Uh, I don't think they will try to remake this one right here because it, it is really out there. And before I get off here tonight, my other one I actually kind of do recommend as well is St. Maud, which is one that just kind of grew on me. I was fine watching it, but it was one of those where I thought about it after the fact. I think I liked it just a little bit more. So that's one of the more newer, recent horror movies that's been making the rounds under interwebs. St. Maud, and I think don't quote me, it could be Are you saying St. Maud? St. Maud? What are you saying? I'm saying Saint. S-A-I-N-T. Oh, okay. And Maud, as in M-A-U-D. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think, what's it streaming on? St. Maud, because it's been making the I haven't heard of that. Yeah, the director's name, Rose Glass, who, full disclosure, I have a little bit of a cross, Sean. That's a hell of a name. Yeah, yeah, at least it's Irish. It could be an Irish movie, but it's in English, so 
think my odds, and at least you know about it, I think the better. Yeah, but don't go on it with any expectations, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I don't want I don't want anybody to come back like you made me watch this. Like I said, I mentioned the movie Teeth with uh, the Teeth in the Vagina movie like 15 years ago. You remember that one? Yes, I and do I remember Teeth. The movie. And someone thought I recommended the movie, <laughs> and I was like, I never watched it. <laughs> don't put this on me, man. I made Teeth on radio. I didn't make Teeth. I, so. <laughs> I do remember Teeth, the Teeth in the Vagina. I do remember that movie. Yeah, I. I, I still haven't watched it <laughs> i haven't either you know it baffles me how some of these movies are made and the fact that they're remaking everything they can get their hands on and we still can't really get a good modern horror film with everything that they have at their disposal these days i mean i can't really remember the last movie that i've watched that said oh that was a good one that scared me i mean i still have to go back to the there's very few, and even the early 2000s, one of them that was pretty decent, at least on first watch, was a, and I think this might have been a Sam Raimi joint, was Drag Me to Hell. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I like My Drag Me to Hell. Director. Oh, absolutely. Of course, the Evil Dead films. Now, wait a minute. Green Room with Patrick Stewart as a Nazi, I think, is a nice, not scare you, but scare you from the standpoint that, holy shit, this shit can fucking happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you heard of that movie? Yeah, I do remember that movie. And that's kind of where you have to differentiate between the two is like this stuff could really happen as opposed to stuff that could scare you because also the what what was the movie Rob Zombie did? Thirty one. I enjoyed thirty one. Yep, thirty one. Yeah. I enjoyed the beginning of it. I don't think it held up all the way through, but I did enjoy the beginning of it. How about the invitation that was streaming on Netflix forever? Did you ever watch that movie? I don't think so. So this is one where you're invited. This guy's invited to a party with his new girl that his ex has got put on with uh, her husband. And you're watching this thing. The internet's going crazy over it, which is always like, okay, I guess this will get me to put it on. But you're like, there's no way this thing's going to be good. Why are you watching it? You're like, there's no way this thing's going to be good. But it just lulls you to sleep. It lulls you into a false sense of security. And by the end of it, you're like, holy fucking shit, that is the best Twilight, ep- Twilight Zone episode. It's not a Twilight Zone episode. And it just absolutely hits. If it hits you just right, it's fantastic. That one I do recommend. And that one, I don't think I'll get a lot of hate mail for if you do watch. Unlike maybe a St. Maud. <laughs> 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 well, folks, so those are my things that came to mind. Those are some of the horror movies that we like that we've seen, you know, feel free to go out and take a look at some of those. Some of it, do it at your own free will and probably not with any young children around. Most definitely. <laughs> you know, otherwise they'll grow up like us and do podcasts and talk about all this crazy shit. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I kind of recommend letting them get their feet wet. <laughs> I mean, you gotta get it wet sometime, you know, you gotta throw them on in the fire. You know, a lot of people have their, I guess ideas on what your children can and can't watch. Now, like me, I let mine grow up on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hellraiser, Pinhead. So he's familiar with all those guys. And I think that that makes him more of, uh, well, let's just, I'm going to just say not a pussy now, uh, so to speak, when some of those things come up, uh, he, you know, he grew up on it. He's kind of like me. He's, uh, you know, he's stoned to it. You know, he's, he's not really one to get scared and not want to sleep in his bed and, and stuff like that. Now, neither other than the Pet Cemetery movie, that one really got me. Other than that, I really didn't give no, a shit about too much. Else. <laughs> like they always say, there's always one. <laughs> yeah, there's always that one that gets you. Right. I mean, yeah, like, uh, you know, some movies like Saint Maud, I probably wouldn't recommend for the youth, but Invitation definitely 
it's an R-rated movie, but that's a very different level of R. In Dog Tooth, uh, I'm not old enough to watch Dog Tooth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, would, uh, years old. I was still too old for me. My son, Mr. Jacks, he just watched a new Candyman movie. I don't know if you had a chance to check that out. Yeah, you know, and I'm maybe reading it wrong, but I feel like some of the more Hollywood movies I would let fly more so than some of the movies that are um, more auteur <laughs> in indie. Because yeah. I just know Hollywood has a limit nowadays, even though it can be gruesome. Uh, I know they don't go as far as a lot of foreign cinema that I enjoy. Yeah, I was kind of let down by the new Candyman movie. What was your take? I haven't watched it. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I won't get I have into no it. Take. I thought it, it right. had high hopes, especially the way they intertwine the story from the first one. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't really flow too well for me for whatever the reason. I'm not. It just well, it looks it like the sequel's on the way because it overperformed the box office. So there you go. That's because it's the first decent damn man. thing that's even came out in the box office in the last year and a half thanks to covid and everything else oh no 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 suicide squad whatever the fuck it's called not to but those no that's why yeah but very they, good they go straight to hbo max though yeah he, oh man what a great point to bring up here the whole straight to hbo max so the, this is like the straight the video thing yes. that people make that i made the comment on earlier now we get into the weeds like these were movies that were supposed to go to theaters you don't call an almost $200 million movie a straight-to-video movie like you would something like Mortars 2015. That is a very clear difference. But However, some people really have bit those two up to be the cheap schlock like a trauma movie, which I love. <laughs> and that really does blow my mind. But there's a stigma about going straight to so-called video or straight to a streaming service. Yeah, I- and Netflix puts out more shit than anybody else, so they didn't really help this whole myth. But movies right. like Irishman were supposed to go from, or were supposed to be straight in theaters, but nobody wanted to finance it because they didn't think it would make the money, and they were probably right. It wouldn't have made over $100 million. So movies that are over $100 million, that categorize those together. It's uh, kind of wild. I digress. I think the Irishman might have recouped that at some point. It may not have made it all back box office, but I think it would have recouped $100 million just because you have that niche and that genre of people. Um, I got to think that maybe... I got to think maybe HBO Max is throwing some money, uh, some people's way. Now, Fast 9, it pushed back its release date, I think, for a year uh, so it could actually get into theaters and get its release. And it's already made well above its money back. Um, And Halloween, what we talked about earlier, I know it was supposed to come out in October of last year, but because of the pandemic and things like that, it didn't choose a straight-to-video or on-demand route. It's coming out yeah, these are, this October. So these, all the release from Warner Brothers did this. These weren't cheap movies. These were not <laughs> something that you throw yeah. together in the back room. But they get equated with the straight-to-video thing, and that's kind of wild to me. I guess uh, you really got to go into the weeds. There's a reason behind why it was done, which is another podcast. <laughs> But that just made me laugh as I made that analogy about straight to video slot and you you got the suicide spot in there. And that's a blockbuster hundred million, two hundred million dollar movie. <laughs> so that's wild that that stigma still exists about the whole straight to streaming and video and you think that's uh, a lesser film. 
Uh, not that you think that, but that, that's the stigma attached to it. Yeah, that's, that's really not. wild to me. And a lot that of blows my <laughs> a lot of what gets these films hyped and people getting hyped is social media. Um, you know, depending on how good they promote something, you can promote something good enough where it just is going to draw draw a crowd in there to see it. And what we're trying to do is promote ourselves on social media to draw a crowd to hear, ah, listen, exactly. or view us. And folks, we are on Facebook. You can go like us on Facebook. We are also on Instagram. You can go follow us on Instagram. We have our YouTube channel up and running. All of the interviews that we have taken place with since we started this podcast with Lilo Broncato Jr., Brian O'Day, David Gant, Lisa Wilcox, J.D. Williams, John Fiore. I mean, just a number of entertainers and individuals with crazy stories. All those are there on our YouTube channel. I know some of you want to go and get get the visual. That's there for you to do that. We're on any platform you can think of, folks. Spotify, Apple, Google. Uh, If it's on it, we're on it. You believe that. If it's a podcast you're listening to, if it's any kind of platform, the Stitcher app, we're on it. So do us a favor. Go throw us a like. Go throw us some good comments, some five stars. It really helps out the show. And we really hope you guys enjoyed the basic bonus podcast we didn't really have a point to it we just want to get in here and give you guys some jibber jabber this was a phone call that myself and jaeger would have had when it not being recorded this is a phone this is the kind of conversations that we have it's the seinfeld of crime and entertainment episodes it was the show about nothing but one of my personal favorites <laughs> now we're excited about halloween coming up i already moved halloween above christmas a long time ago absolutely <laughs> so this is this is my time of year, Daddy. <laughs> and I'm celebrating early September with all of you. <laughs> well, we hope all of you will join us back here on our regular scheduled time this Sunday as we have an all new episode of Crime and Entertainment coming for you with Soprano oh. star Robert Funara. He sits down with us and we have a fantastic interview. We hope everyone <laughs> will join us then. Folks, I am Hollywood Wade. That was my co-host, Jaeger Yancey Tedder. And unfortunately, we are out of time. Jaeger, tell them where you can hear us next week. Here on Crime and Entertainment. (laughs) 